The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Nancy Allspot-Jackson. And I'm Shannon Penrod. Thrilled Hi. to be here with you. Good to be here with you. I miss you. I don't get to see you except on Wednesdays. Yeah. So yeah. it's great to have you here. It's always uh, fun to sit here with you. And we got a big show today. We do. we got a lot of news. And then we have a wonderful guest. Uh, and and I, I want to make sure because I always confuse her name with because you. it's very close to yes. another famous name. So this is Katrina Aguilar. Aguilar as opposed to Christina, Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. <laughs> so it's a little uh, a little confusing. Yeah, and you uh, actually heard Katrina perform. Yes, uh, yes. And we had her on the show once before because she was going to be performing at a benefit for um, Autism Works Now and Autism uh -huh. Movement Therapy. So we had her briefly on the show via Skype, but she's going to be joining us in studio live okay, today. Great, great. And uh, what a brilliant... Whoo, one of those voices, right? right Knocks right. your socks off. So we're excited that she's going to be joining us. But first, we have um, some news some to go news over. Yeah. Uh, good times. So uh, NPR did a story this last week about reach, uh, and it's all over the news, actually, uh -huh. but we are looking at NPR's story in particular. Uh, researchers have now linked um, a, a system that insulates the, the brain wiring that may have something to do with autism. Yeah, it's... Um there's an abnormality in the cells that produce a substance called myelin. Myelin and, is the key here. And this this is a, uh, a word that I think anybody who has anybody in their family that has um, multiple sclerosis, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is a word that we hear about because there's a dysfunction in the myelin, right. and which leads to short circuitry in uh -huh. the brain. And so now they're saying that this may have something to do with autism right. as well. Um, that may, because you know how we've talked before on the show that there's a lot of studies that show that there's a period of time when the brain may be growing mm -hmm. um, uh, faster than normal. Mm -hmm. So that a three-year-old's brain might grow to be the size of a 13-year-old's on the spectrum. And that um, that sometimes it means you have the, the I've heard people compare it to that you get long distance service, but mm -hmm. not local service, because mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. brain doesn't have time to hook up all of the different um, circuitry to be right. able to um, communicate with all the parts of the brain, that that could be part and parcel of what autism is. And it seems like this myelin has something to do with that. Yes. And they're saying if they get to the kids early enough, it might be possible to change their developmental trajectory. 
Well, and, and here's what is interesting to me is that at, the more we hear about different research, I, I know that there was a period of time when I, when Jen was first diagnosed and I was like, there's got to be more research about mm -hmm. autism and there's got to be more money for therapy and there's got to be more money for this. And I remember a very bad day when my mother said to me, you got to lay off on that because there are other problems on the planet as well. It isn't just autism. It is not autism all the time. There are other issues as well. And we had a, you know, we had words over yeah. that, right? <laughs> as you can well imagine as an autism parent. Um, but it, but this really brings home to me what I had said to her, which is, no, it, you know, because this affects everything. Mm -hmm. This And that when you do research for one thing, that it could help with something else. Mm -hmm. So it is per perhaps that research having to do with MS will now be able to help with autism. Yeah. But it's equally possible that autism and research about autism could lead to something that really reverses MS. Mm -hmm. And that if we work together on these things and not go, well, that's not my problem. It, you know, that saying that people have, not my circus, not mm -hmm. my monkeys, I hate that. Because uh, it's all our circus. And, right. and, and if we don't get clear on that they are all our monkeys, we're all up, you know, what river. Right. Um, so They're already using <clears throat> treatments for MS with myelination, as it's called. Right? Yes. And so, you know, perhaps something that we're going to be looking at, um, you know, in a way that could be a game changer. Yeah, and it could right? be soon if they're already using these kinds of yes. treatments in MS. Yes. Um, so it could be in our lifetime, so to speak. So absolutely. Or on mice models, and you think it's never going to hit the human population. Yeah. This is something that could happen soon. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have a new study that's showing that uh, more kids who meet the autism criteria fail to get a formal di diagnosis. Right. And so let me ask all of you if you can guess what areas of the population are underdiagnosed. Let's see if, you can, if you've been watching and, and can sense the running theme because the study goes on to show that if you are uh, an individual who are, has black or brown skin, right. you are more likely to be underdiagnosed. African Americans and Hispanics have been left behind. Uh, and it's a story that we hear over and over and over again. I, I want to know, I want to I start covering stories that say what we're doing about that. Right. Like, what, what is the outreach for these populations? What is the outreach for the people who treat these populations that, where we're going to turn this sucker around? Yeah. Because, um, I don't know, did you watch the Oscars? Yes, I did. And, um, you know, I felt like so much of what the Oscars were about, I know I'm off-roading from our next story, but okay. so much of what the Oscars were about, was, uh, for me, afterwards, was how important representation is. Yes. Right? Um, that we had the the young gentleman um, presenting who had Down, Down syndrome, syndrome right. who, I don't know if you guys know, but he's from the Peanut Butter, what's the name of the movie? Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh -huh. um, he's an actor in that film, and everybody had hoped that he would be nominated for an Oscar. He wasn't, but how great that he presented. Yes. And I was like, look at that. That's representation. Yeah. That is representation. Then we had the amazing Chrissy Metz who sang uh, the song, and they were showing all the people behind her, and you got to see that one of the singers was a gentleman in a wheelchair uh -huh. and what you didn't see was that another woman who was um, in the line uh, was someone who does not have a second hand uh -huh. um, you know and I was like look at that look at that representation and then of course when Parasite won all of my friends who are Asian of any variety of Asian but especially my Korean friends were like oh my gosh I didn't know how much I needed this but I needed to see representation yeah. up there yeah. so 
um, like it is so important. Right now, there are a couple of things that I want you guys to be aware of that, uh, that are on television that show representation. Um, first of all, on HBO, there is a, a show that's called The Outsider, uh -huh. and there is a character on it that is played by Cynthia Enrivo uh -huh. um, that is a, a woman of color on the autism spectrum oh. in a job doing an amazing job. That's great. So everybody should know that, representation, uh, and she should have gotten the Oscar. Sorry, not sorry. Um, she, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> she should have gotten the Oscar because Harriet was amazing. Um, but then also our own Kobe Bird is on uh, the wonderful Netflix show, hit show now, um, Lock and Key. It's a hit show? Yes. Everybody's watching it. And if you're not watching it, you've been left behind. Get, okay. get on it. Start watching it. Um, I am waiting for them to announce that season two has been picked up because... Uh, if you watch the whole series, you'll see we, we, we need a season two. Okay. Um, so anyway, representation so important. Representation. Okay. Um, speaking of representation, students with autism in college um, are often underrepresented. Yeah. And MSU Denver is the only university in Colorado and one of 30 in the U.S. that has form a formalized clinic where college students with autism can seek support for job interviews and socializing. Yeah, we're seeing more and more colleges, but not enough, 30, right, that are starting to put in place uh, programs for folks on the autism on, uh, spectrum on campus uh, so they can be successful in college and successful in getting jobs outside. So yay to MSU Denver yes. and uh, excited about that. Uh, I also added, without telling you, Nancy, I just wanted to make people uh, aware of the fact that um, the budget was announced, I guess, uh, yesterday or day before uh -huh, yesterday, uh -huh. uh, a couple of days ago, um, the budget for um, the U.S. budget, right. the, the president's right. version of the, the, the budget. And um, the Autism Society of America has already put out a statement um, asking, you know, um, for us to share it, uh, that they are, are, take issue with some of the things in the budget. So I just want to briefly read, but you can go to autism-society.org to read their entire statement. Um, but they feel, uh, I'm going to quote here, that um, is that the, the budget um, is overall unsupportive of our most vulnerable populations, including the almost 3 million individuals with autism and their families. Um, supporting those with autism is a human rights issue, stated Christopher Banks, who is the uh, president and CC CEO the new one of Autism Society of America. Did you know that Scott Baddish retired? No, I did not. Yes, and Christopher, we have to have him on the show at some point, has now taken over. He goes on to say, this budget requires tremendous sacrifices from those with the least able to make those sacrifices. The president's budget dramatically reduces the funding for vital programs and services that assist those with autism. This budget will negatively, imp uh, will negatively impact their quality of life and reduce opportunities to fully participate in community. Um, as in the previous three budgets, this year's request proposes steep reductions in social safety net programs, including cuts to Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. The administration proposes $1 trillion in cuts to Medicaid and Affordable Care Act over 10 years. Over 10 years, Social Security is cut by $30 billion, and Supplemental Nutrition, SNAP, the SNAP program, programs are reduced by $180 billion. Um, and they go on to talk about other very specific 
issues um, that are the, what the cuts in the Department of Education, that once again, there is a little bit of an increase for special education, but once again, the decision not to fully fund IDEA, um, and uh, a huge cut to the Centers for Disease and Preven uh, Prevention, a $50 million cut to the National Center on Birth Certificates and Developmental Disabilities, um, which is a third of its budget, y'all. So, um, there, and it says, without any justification, the budget also eliminates a small but vital supportive employment state grant uh, for people with developmental disabilities. So there's a lot of different things. After, I have to say, so many people came up to me uh, because there's been a huge uh, marketing thing on Facebook showing um, President Trump signing into law the Autism Care Act. Yes. And, and it is worded in such a way, I've had even dear friends of ours call me and say, Shannon, do you know about this? Do you know that President Trump signed this? And I said, yes, did you know that that bill was started by George W. Bush and mm -hmm. that it was then morphed and, and uh, signed by Obama and now it's signed by Trump that, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is great, like we right. wanted him to sign right. it, but this is sort of, you know, the other two presidents had right. done this. this, is not a new thing, um, but his budget defunds a very large part of it. So, um, so after signing it into law, he's defunding part of it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That makes no sense. Be aware, folks. Be aware. Um, so anyway, if you'd like to um, look, autism-society.org, they have this statement. They have suggestions about writing to your um, senators and representatives. Um, or, you know, or I don't, I don't even know anymore if that's effective. But, right. you know, maybe write to the White House. Um, I don't know. Um, but you should be aware that that's what's happening in the current budget. Okay. So. All right. So we're um, going to take a break. Yes. And when we come back, we'll be back with Katrina Aguilar, a very gifted young singer. Yes. going to join us. Thank Stick you. with us. We'll be back. As promised, we have a wonderful guest joining us today, um, Katrina Aguilar. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Okay, great. Katrina, Katrina is a very accomplished singer. Um, and you identify yourself as being on the autism spectrum, correct? Yes. Okay. So um, tell us about your singing career, Katrina. You started singing at a very young age, didn't you? Um, I started at about 12 or 13. It was in middle school choir, uh -huh. and that was also the year I did my first musical, and that was Peter Pan. Um, from then on, I've been involved with, you know, high school, high school choirs i i was in i was in an honor choir in high school senior year as well and then after i graduated i went on to do a, a european high school honor band and choir tour called sound of america yeah. and where and we want to talk specifically about that sound yeah, of america yeah a, a little bit yeah. um it was it was a it was a european tour wow. that that went went around went covered a lot of territory in a relatively short time a month but it was but it was awesome it gave me it gave me my first you know taste of like other cultures it gave it was a good it was it was i credit that to being my first precursor to independence yeah because my because it was i i went by myself i wasn't with with mom and dad for right. that first time and how old were you again when you did that 18. uh-huh wow and I'm what just... countries did you go to oh okay it was um just all right just to rattle off 
Germany, France, Switzerland, Luxembourg, Italy. Wow. And oh, I always well, forget the, I always forget the last one, but uh, that's a long list. That's yeah. been an amazing experience it, for you. It was it was it was incredible, you know. I I made made lots of lots of great friends and, and you know it, it you know it ga it gave me that it gave me that taste. Right. And so it was just so I mean and it and it I I credit that to, you know, helping me th through college in that, you know, it, you know, it gave me that taste of, you know, you know, sort of being on my own, uh -huh. but doing it in another other country, but, you know, still being protected because, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we were, we were, we were kids. Right, you know? right. But you come back from this tour and then off to school. Tell us a little bit about where you went to school. I went to Miracosta College mm -hmm. in Oceanside. Mm -hmm. It was I had I had a voice teacher at the time who was who who was part my connection uh -huh. there. Um, I majored in music. Um, I I I sang in I sang in their their choir. Um, you know, still some of my fondest memories of of that place and you know and it and it also eventually even brought me to Costa Rica at some wow. point so um it was it was just it was just awesome it gave me my college experience you know it it really helped prep me to go into Boston Conservatory Were so they the I, ones who told you about Boston Conservatory or did you how did you hear about Boston Conservatory I, you know, when I was a junior in high school, there was a period of time where I went through. We we thought initially, you know, right as I I graduated high school, I was going to go straight to some conservatory mm -hmm. ah. of some sort. But you know, my but we my voice teacher at the time convinced me to go to where she taught, ah. and. You know, and in in that case, you know, it it took a little longer than yeah. than typically expected, but I mean, it was still one of the biggest blessings. You know, it you know it helped me grow up yeah. quite a bit into college. You know, I was still close enough with mom and dad too, so I mean, I still had that anchor, so I wasn't like thrown to the wolves a thousand miles away elsewhere. But you know, it you know it just it gave me the hardest times. Gave me the strong work work ethic, mm -hmm. you know, the, and, and like and like the failures and stuff, you know, helped me get back up. Right. So when I got into Boston Conservatory, you know, while I never I never failed one class or anything like this, and I was able to really, you know, I had more confidence to, to be able to take care of myself and and work ethic. So. Such a prestigious school. Yeah. And so you have now graduated from Boston Conservatory of Music. Yes. Um, and now t uh, you, uh, well, let's start by, I'm, I'm supposed to ask you to talk to us about part of your world Disney cabaret show. Yes. Okay. Tell us about that. Well, um, this was a, sh you know, after I graduated BOCO, mm -hmm. as we call it, uh -huh. um, Boston Conservatory, Conservatory uh -huh. um, you know, I thought it was, I mean, for the longest time, I thought I was going to do opera. Okay. Uh -huh. But then again, later on, long story short, um, I, I, I went, I was part of this workshop that I would say sort of changed my life, changed my, changed, gave change of direction, and that was cabaret. 
And I always had, always, always had a passion for Disney, which has pretty much amplified as I've gotten older. Uh -huh. So then it became a new bucket list item to do a full-on cabaret on Disney. Oh, I love it. So, and, and at one point, well, hence why, why, why we met Clifford. Yes. Um, We're talking he, about Clifford Bell, the amazing Clifford Bell, yes. who's the king of cabaret. <laughs> I, there's a different name for it. Clifford, you're going to have to remind me. Uh, ah. <laughs> but there, but uh, he is the king of cabaret. Yeah. Uh, and a wonderful performer in his own right, but also helps performers to put together yeah. well, uh, these kinds of things, correct? Yeah. Yeah, well, we sat down and got together, and, and I, we were just running through a whole long, li long list of songs that I love mm -hmm. and wanted to do. And then it was like, and as we were piecing it together, I realized it's like, this is way more than just a Disney show. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, there's a reason, you know, I'm finding more than, I found more than ever. I mean, there's truly a reason why Disney is my passion. And... And piecing that show together was like, I mean, it was like, it, it was like thunderstriking just how emotional it truly is. I mean, it's not like, it's not, it's not like cutesy at all, really. Right. right. Yeah. You know? There's some amazing, it's a body of work and amazing, what, I think what Disney has done is recognize talent and said to them, come and be a part of what we're doing. I mean, yes. you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda writing yeah. for them. Right. I mean, I remember years ago, the amazing, I worked with Howard Ashman and he came and, and worked with Disney. I mean, these are, these are the, the composers and writers of our time. Yeah. Uh, and Disney is like the prestigious place to go. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right? So where did you perform this? This was at our, my old Lutheran church called PLC Penisquitas Lutheran mm -hmm. in, in, our, in our hometown, San Diego. Will <laughs> and you be performing it again? Yes, it's going, that's, that's the event. Yes. Um, that it's going to be at the Oasis Learning Center in Grossmont, Back in my hometown, it's it's it's, it's a senior living center. Okay, so. and so people can get tickets for it. Yes. When is this going to happen? It's going to be on the twenty third at about the twenty third of, uh, of this month, this February. Summer. Okay. February and at about four. Okay. So. Um, and so, where do we know where we can send people to go if they want to get tickets to be able to come? Um, I, I would I would go through the Oasis Learning Center website. Okay. So. Um, all right. Wonderful. And so you're gonna it's gonna be you performing. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, uh, with a my, series of, of Disney songs. Yes. With with my my awesome accompanist Richard Morrison. Okay. Fabulous. Great. Fabulous. So I, we noticed that you're wearing some Disney stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you're pretty, like, I can't see close enough to see if your earrings are also Disney. Yes. Yes. Of, of course, course. They must be. I mean, uh, I'm so go ahead. Uh, these are like, these are, these are my, my Mickey shaped blue earrings okay, that I got very, very at good. Disneyland, uh -huh. you know, and then this is the, this is the, the carriage. Right. Okay. Yeah. Although it sort of looks like an upside down, upside Mickey. down Mickey. Yes, yeah. it does, which is cool. Yes, or a heart, whatever cool, you right? want to call it. And this pin is a I mean this wasn't this wasn't through the company at all. Uh -huh. It's what we call a fantasy pin, which is it's like independent, you know, pin makers and manufacturers uh -huh. who make these pins based on 
of Disney. And this was a pin I got off somebody from, from, from Instagram. Uh -huh. And it's my two absolute favorite characters from my favorite movie ever. That's Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh -huh. So Tim I had, yes, at Tim Burton. So, which is why I had to bring, I had to bring this to represent. Great. I have a friend that I have to introduce you to who, she's a Disney gal too, and she's, you know, she would have understood all of that and I wouldn't have had to, uh, she wouldn't have had to have an explanation. Uh, you guys would get along great. Uh, and, she, you know, Rachel Bird. Yes. She, like, you know, do you do bounding, what they call bounding? Absolutely. Bounding? Okay, so maybe you should explain you what explain bounding, bounding is bounding? so I don't mess it up. I'm, I'm not in entirely sure where the term itself was coined but mm -hmm. what it basically is is you you wear it's like it's a very you know very minor version of costuming okay. you wear an outfit that represents a movie mm -hmm. or a character uh -huh. like if I had just dressed this up a little bit different with these sleeves I could be bounding as Corella Deville right now okay. if I put like a streak through my hair yeah it's, a streak right. it's subtle okay. yeah so you're not in costume but like for instance if you wore like a yellow shirt and some red pants you could be Winnie the Pooh okay right yeah so, well and if and what I did with with this dress of all things is I kind of I kind of made a scene with with this with the whole thing and that was for Peter Pan I had a pair of nanny ears I had on top I had Wendy right here with Nana you know yeah. and and then and then a, and then a bracelet that was Tinkerbell so I kind of wanted to replay the scene of Nana sort of being you know you know air, sort of airlifted by Tinkerbell Wonderful. Uh, so that was Wonderful. I wanted to ask when you were talking about in high school doing Peter Pan, which role did you play? It was in middle school. It was it was Nana. Nana, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in Peter Pan. I have to say, um, I, I love Nana. There's the sad, sad moment when in the cartoon when they get to fly away and Nana has just a little bit of mm. dust and she's trying to go with them. Well, well, yeah, and he he tries to get her and then. Yeah, that was kind of like, and then he's kind of waving goodbye. Right, because he's attached to the tether, but, to the but, leash. You know, I read somewhere in the original version that Nana was supposed to go with him. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to check that. I'm <laughs> not too fascinating. I, I don't know what, why or what changed, but, I, but apparently Nana was supposed to go off with them. That would have be, that been so. fun, a whole other thing. Now, Katrina, yeah. you identify as being on the spectrum. Yes, ma'am. Can you tell us if that, you feel like that's given you any special advantages? Well, you know, I would say that, you know, the challenges I faced growing up became my advantages that I expressed through my art right. and performing. And as for that, you know, I'm, it's also, I mean, it's opened, it's opened more doors when it comes to music. You know, I'm doing, I'm do, my, it gave me my Disney show. Uh -huh. yeah. It gave, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been speaking on it. I'm here. Right, <laughs> you know, right, so right. amazing. How does it feel for you? Do you get nervous when you're performing, or does it? How does it feel when you're performing? Well, you know, you're you're more honestly, you're a little more nervous beforehand. Okay. You know, it's it's the it's beforehand when you're when you're shaking, but 
once you're up, once you're standing up there, and once you, you know, get into the song, and provided, you know, you're fully prepared and everything, uh -huh. you know, it's like, you know, it's fun, and it's, you know, you're, it just, you're just up, up there, and it's, and it, it kind of dissipates. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've heard a lot of. Uh, performers say that you know even if it's that they have a headache they get up and they perform and the headache goes away we know that um, Spencer Hart has come and said she's a singer too on the spectrum and she says when I sing the autism goes away right, right. Um, you know we were we're friends and fans of Kobe Bird and mm -hmm. and and Kobe has a stutter but when mm -hmm. he performs he when it he's an actor playing a role yeah no stutter it's, it's sort it's, of fascinating that's kind of that? absolutely I mean I, as you probably might have noticed, I mean, I stutter a little well, I bit, you, you know. I, 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 well, normally I do. Okay. But when I'm up there singing, it's different. Yeah. You know, it's a different thing. You know, I feel, I definitely feel more confident than uh -huh. I am, you know, yeah. talking to most. You get people. in the zone. Yes, absolutely. Right. And, you know, speaking of which, it's kind of interesting you bring up, you know, a headache going away once you're on stage. Um, when I was at Boco taking an acting class, I had our teacher talked about something that happens in theater of all things, and they even have an have an interesting name for it. But you could be you could be so sick, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden, once you're on that stage, it's gone. They haven't. They call it Mr. Fortlights. Mr. Fortlice came to visit you, didn't he? Oh, how interesting. And I think I might have had something like that happen, like when I did youth theater. Um, when I, I did, I did the Music Man, and I played. I was Mrs. Peru. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a severe bout of laryngitis, Ooh. but once I was up there, and once I was on stage, I mean, I mean, granted, I wasn't a hundred percent by any stretch, but. I was still able to go through my whole thing and no one out there knew the difference. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> the gift of being. I've never heard that. Mr. Fortlight? Yeah, I think that's I've never heard of that before. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're getting ready to do this show. We want to encourage people to go and do this show. But what, what, what's your dream? What would you like to be doing eventually? I would, I would love to do more theater along with my, with, along with my cabarets and recitals that's i think that's what i truly want to do okay you know it's interesting because you started at opera and 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 then went to cabaret but you think that theater might en end up being musical musical, musical theater. theater yeah wonderful well wonderful. we wish you all the best you've got a bright future ahead of you thank you very much uh, and we're looking forward to this performance, Part of Your World Disney Cabaret Show. And we're going to find out exactly what website they need to go to to get tickets. And we'll make sure that we share that um, in the comments underneath when we share this later on. So thank you so much for being here. Thank You're you such Katrina. an inspiration. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break and we're going to be right back after these messages. And welcome back. And um, when we were in the break, we were talking to Katrina. And talking to Clifford Bell, who right. was here, was here watching. Yeah. And uh, they said some pretty interesting things. Yes, that we didn't get to in the interview. Yeah, one in particular, she was, uh, Clifford had said, you know, I, the one thing that he wished we had talked about was that um, Katrina shared with us uh, during the break that she did not speak till she was five. 
and that the thing that sort of jump-started her speaking and getting her to be able to communicate was the Little Mermaid. Yeah, and pulled that, her out of autism, she said. Yeah, and in fact, that's exactly what she said, mm -hmm. pulled her out of autism, and so that that's part and parcel of why she um, wanted uh, to have this show. And, and Trayvon, do we have the poster from that that we could put up for people now so that they could see the poster? Um, go ahead and full screen it um, uh, so that they can see... Um, I, for some reason, I don't think that that's it because it's for the 2019 holiday in the village. There we go. There that is. is the one. Sunday, uh, February 23rd at 4 p.m. Okay. Um, and so, to, so that you guys can be able to see that. The other thing that Clifford and Clifford, you know, he, we had Clifford on the show a couple of months ago because he and Kiki Epson were doing a, a benefit cabaret right. for Autism Works Now, um, and so Joanne Laura was here too, and they and they were going to have. Uh, Katrina come on and mm -hmm. sing just now Kiki Epson is you know world famous um, amazing singer, yeah, she's, singer. she's you know just stunning. and so Epson's is Clifford daughter. yes yeah. Buddy Epson and so is Clifford I mean these are heavy hitters right and they were saying oh wait till you hear Katrina sing and I didn't get to go to the event but that's all anyone spoke about was about this young woman and how she blew the roof off of the place mm -hmm. and it was Katrina and he said he's been bringing her to cabaret events like that up here in LA and that you know, having A-list people on the ballot for, you know, singing and that everybody's like, oh, that was, that was great. But did you see that young woman? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that Katrina Aguilar. So he wanted to make sure that you guys knew that she's tearing it up. She's a name to remember. We're all going to be talking about remember when we had her right. on the show. Right. So um, if you get a chance to go to that, I would, I would recommend going to that. And what a great Disney story. Right. It's not the first time that we've heard that Disney helped. I mean, yeah. Ron Sutton. Ruskin's Ron son, Suskin. and they made that amazing the document, yes. documentary. Yes, uh, that was Life. Oscar nominated. Right. Life animated. Life animated. And brought him out of the Disney characters. Brought him out of his world. Gave him a way to communicate. Gave him a way to talk. So, yeah. uh, and we've we've heard that from many people. Mm -hmm. So go Disney. Um, and and speaking of people being on our show and then becoming famous and popular. Um, I remember um, when Kobe Bird was first on our show, mm -hmm. the very first time, uh, Elaine Hall from The Miracle Project brought a bunch of uh, people here because she was promoting a show, the mm -hmm. original show that they were doing. And she said, oh, Shannon, I want you to meet this young man who's so talented. And I remember Kobe walking into this studio and he was probably 14 years mm -hmm. old and he was tall. He was probably 6'1", 6'2", then. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, he, he, at that time, he reminded me a lot of Jem, just mm -hmm. an older version of mm -hmm. Jem because he's a year older. Um, and since then, he and Jem have become friends, and Kobe has just grown and grown and grown. And, um, you know, first he was on Speechless, then he was on The Good Doctor, and we had him on then. And we even had to do a show, Nancy, I don't know if you know this. We had Kobe on, and just like now, where I can't shut up, I just kept talking and talking. And Kobe was sitting there, and I was like, and Kobe did this, and Kobe did that and he barely got to say anything. <laughs> and the viewers wrote in and said, what is wrong with that woman? They said some harsh words. They were like, shut that you-know-what woman up. And so and let we- let the guests talk, right? Let the, would, would she just shut up? And they said, they said nasty things, but it made me laugh, right? I never get offended. And um, they called me fat, and I never get offended. And uh, shut that fat woman up is what they said, but with swear words, too. Uh, and called me stupid. I find it funny. I find it hilarious. I don't know why. But anyway, um, and it was true. Right. I wouldn't shut up. Right. 
And so I said, okay, I invited Kobe back and I had duct tape and I put duct tape on my mouth uh. and let him talk. Uh, and so there, that is available in our archives. Well, tell and us about the show he's in now. So now, he, yes, I got to watch the whole first season since right. we last spoke. Um, Lock and Key on Netflix. And it just came out last Friday. So a week from today, it's been out for a week. There are 10 episodes, uh -huh. which meant I, I had to find 10 hours right. in this last week to watch it. And I did. We finished you it as did. a family last night. Yes. And it almost killed all of us to wait and watch, uh, especially the last episode. So Kobe is fabulous in it. And here's what I love is that, uh, you know, a lot of people in the autism community are watching it because we're supporting Kobe and whatever. But then we get hooked on the story, yeah. right? Because it's got this whole mythological thing to it. It's this this family that stuff has happened to, and they've come back to their dad's ancestral home, and there's some stuff going on, and there's okay. these keys that seem to do weird things. So it's a mystery, right? And I, I can't tell you a lot more than that. But Kobe plays um, the neighbor boy who is the groundskeeper for this house. Okay. You don't get a sense of how old he is, and they never say what his deal is, uh -huh. but you know, he's definitely a kiddo that's on the spectrum, okay. right? In the show. In the show. And um, and wait till you see, because it's they like they reveal that to you in a way that's really, I love it. Because um, it's not hitting you over the head with it, but you just go, ah, got it, right? And um, so anyway, uh, Kobe's lovely in it. I'm going to cry because it's just, oh. I'm so proud of him. He's just so lovely in it. He's a beautiful actor, you guys. And to see him have the opportunity to do that right, right. and just nuanced and just, you know, you know, we know people who act and there's just some people who have a light. Right. And that they get in front of a camera and it's like, you know, and he's one of those people. Mm -hmm. He, that boy has something. And, and he doesn't even get a chance to sing in that movie. And trust me, that boy can sing. He can sing. Oh, he did my a gosh. Day benefit yes. Oh, my goodness. But um, anyway, so the show is great, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. And Kobe, you know, there's there's a couple of episodes that he's not in, and but you know, definitely watch towards the end because he has some big stuff, and and it's it's definitely a thing that will keep your interest to do that. I will say that there is some horror elements to it uh -huh. that are so it's not going to be appropriate for a little little kid right. or if you have teens that. Are very um, suggestible. Right. Like I would, I would have some concern. Uh -huh. Like you know, maybe view it first to see if it's okay for your individual kid. And I will say, as a parent, um, there is some teenage behavior that if if we were doing a review for it, I would make parents aware of that. There's uh -huh. some teenage behavior that is questionable. Uh -huh. um, that you know, you might want to be aware of and decide if your teen. It was totally appropriate for my son. But, of course, he hates it when I do this. And I was like, you never do that. And he's like, Mom, I know. Right? But, you know, and I consider those, uh, that's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like, we're watching a teenager engage in bad behavior on the screen, mm -hmm. and I get an opportunity to go, if I ever catch you doing right, that. Right. right? That's okay for me. But for some parents, they don't want mm -hmm. for them to see that. So I'm just mm -hmm. saying that. But otherwise... Like, it's such a good show. Uh, Lock and Key on Netflix. Check it out. It's based on a graphic novel that's been around. So it already has a slew of mm -hmm. fans that mm -hmm. were waiting to watch it. Right. One of my students from when I taught um, college, who's gone on to be an award-winning uh, high school teacher, he had posted on Facebook the other day that, you know, he was like, I've waited 12 years for this. I'm so excited that it's finally here. Um, so it already had a, a, a fan base, but now... You know, I'd never seen the graphic novel before. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. do graphic graphic novels, mm -hmm. and I don't, you know. 
Um, and I'm a fan. I, right. I, you know, I was, my, I was riveted. We all were. Jim loved it. Jem loved it. We were all about okay, it. Okay. Well, then and everybody, Kobe's please fabulous. check it out and support Kobe. Yes. 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 Please. But here's what I loved out of everything. Everybody's comments about it, uh, like, was talking to Joanne Lara. Right. The amazing Joanne Lara, who is all about, you know, autism works now. Right. Right. And she said, oh, I love it. And you know my favorite thing? And I never could have guessed this, but she was like, I love that Kobe is the one with a job. That his character is the groundskeeper. Mm -hmm. He has, and she was like, "Do you have any idea what a great thing that is for our community to see someone, you know, uh, that uh, is clearly, you know, has other, has other challenges, uh, other challenges, yeah. but he's the teenager with a job." Uh -huh. And I was like, "Leave it to you, Joanne, to notice." <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yes, it's true. Good modeling he's there. So sweet okay. in this show. It's amazing. All right. All right. So, so everybody catch that. And yes, then and then tell us about what you've got coming up next. Week. Okay, so next week is. Big. Are you ready for this? So on um, Monday, we have, uh, first of all, special education attorney Bonnie Yates is going to be with us, catching you guys up, getting you ready for your IEP season. And then we have Marty Orifice. He's an all-star nutrition autism dad. So he's an autism dad, and he's going to be talking to us about nutrition, which okay. don't we need to have that conversation. Right. It's uh, interesting that a dad is talking about I that. know. Uh -huh. We don't see that as much, do we? No. So then Tuesday, we've got a best of episode. I love that you guys love so much our best of uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Grandin, Grandin. Um, and I know that Traven is working on a best of Kobe Bird that okay. at some point we're going to debut that. Right. I don't think that's on Tuesday though. Then on Wednesday, here's the deal on Wednesday. We just firmed this all up, but on Wednesday we are going to be doing a live feed of Ask Dr. Doreen from a, a card office in Fresno. They just moved offices, but um, the Fresno office, so I don't know if it'll be completely decorated, but we will be doing a, a live feed. Dr. Grandpichet and I will be in Fresno to do that on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, we have Lillian Carrier. Um, Who is Lillian she, Carrier? She plays the role of Drea on Everything's Gonna Be Okay. And if you haven't watched this show yet, Another show that you love. Another show that I love. And where can we uh, Okay, it? so that one is on, and of course I'm not going to remember what the name of the network is. It used to be Disney um, Family, uh -huh. and then they changed it, and it's got a different name now, and I don't know what the name of it. We'll but find that Disney out for you. it's a Disney channel. No, well, no. I mean, it's it's like, it's don't think of it as being a Disney channel because it's okay. racy stuff. Okay. Like, it's racy stuff. Okay. Um, but this is a, a hilarious, funny, poignant show starring jo Josh Thomas. Um, he plays a character who, he is a, a young gay man from Australia, and that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, that he is this young gay man trying to sort out what his life is mm -hmm. like. And he now is the custodial um, caregiver for his two half-sisters, who he barely knows, both of whom are in high school, one of whom is on the autism okay, spectrum. and that's played by Lillian. But no, Lillian plays their friend, uh, the friend of the daughter who's on the spectrum, and she's the one on the show that has an assistance dog. Um, and she's on, and she is on the spectrum herself. And, in and real it is life, her. Lillian is on the spectrum. It, yes, and it is her real life assistance dog. Okay. She auditioned for the role with her dog, and they were like, "Can your dog be on the show too?" And That's she was fantastic. like, 
Sure. This is great. We're seeing a trend where more and more actors who actually have are on the spectrum are yeah. playing people on the spectrum. Yes, that day right? has arrived. The day has arrived. Well, I think that the studios have seen that there will be pressure put right. on them to do that and that there are actors who can do it. Can do so it. why wouldn't you? Right. And they're so much better at exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, Kobe is a case in point on right. Lock and Key. I just do not believe, and I love actors, but I'm sorry, I just do not believe that an actor could play that role the way he does. Yeah. Just going to say that. Mm -hmm. Other than him. Right. He's an actor. Right. He's playing that role. It is not him, but he is doing it with such finesse because he understands mm -hmm. how to do that. And I just don't think an actor who's not on the spectrum could have done that. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. So, and then on Friday uh, for Let's Talk Autism, we still, we will let you know because that is yet to be announced. Okay. So there we have it. Okay. All right. So we'll be back uh, on Monday with Bonnie Yates right. and with that wonderful dad, the nutrition dad. So uh, until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye for Bye -bye. now.